Hello there, friends. My name is Isaac Alfaro, and welcome to my new media and politics podcast numero dos. I want to thank you for joining me, and today we are actually going to be discussing kind of a plethora of things, but I want to really focus in on second screening and the implications that come along with it in, in the political realm. And then I also want to briefly discuss meme culture and the roles it also plays in the political uh, realm. These two factors are very intertwined in my eyes because in recent years it has become sort of the norm in our society. So without further ado, let's get this started. Firstly, I want to briefly touch upon some very interesting topics that we've discussed in class, but uh, I'm not going to focus on it just due to my interest, I guess, in second screening and meme culture, but just kind of briefly touching base here, news information cycles and how uh, the pace that they've moved over in the last decade has rapidly increased. Usually this is... uh, in stark contrast to how the old news cycle used to work where it was kind of monotonous. Uh, however, with the introduction of online media platforms and including television, we've seen news cycles start to uh, become more instantaneous. Another topic that we discussed was streaming platforms and how they factored into online and offline uh, political discussion. Overall, what the study that we read found was that as the individual's streaming increased, um, and streaming meaning Netflix, Hulu, HBO, etc., etc., uh, so did their political discourse and involvement both in offline and online situations. And lastly, which is actually a good segue into what the meat of this podcast is going to be, is learning the complexities that running a political campaign or presidential campaign um, is and kind of how it came from being um, good starting in good old-fashioned media and slowly kind of tapping into the online and newer uh, media platforms. A primary advocate of this was actually Obama and he uh, preferenced YouTube actually as a a way of kind of relating to the younger generation and flash flash forward to 2019 we can correctly say that his presence on YouTube probably helped him win that 2008 and probably 2012 election as well so i just want to start with this interesting piece of information here and it's the number of smartphone users worldwide from 2016 to 2021 now this study is roughly the same between other websites that I'm looking at here. So uh, just bear with me on the numbers. But in 2016, there was an estimated of 2.5 billion smartphone users worldwide. And that number has slowly and gradually increased to 3.3 billion in 2019. So overall, you can safely assume that the number of users is increasing, thus meaning more people are connected and available to engage in political discourse and do second screening. As a matter of fact, I'm actually doing second screening right now. I have both my laptop and my phone uh, next to me. 
And that's actually what second screening is. It's just having more than one screen at your disposal at any given time. This could be for doing homework, listening to the news, and then having the other one for, let's say, using and checking your social media or looking at um, other news media outlets to kind of compare to what you're watching. Um, I guess to become more informed over the topic. The research article that we discussed in class found two primary ideas, and one of them was how online political discussion was found to be positively correlated to secondhand screening, and this was because they were, let's say, watching the news and had their phone out and were able to tweet according to what they were seeing or watching and therefore starting a political discourse online. And the second discovery made in this article was how second screening also made off offline political participation and involvement more frequent. Now, some key things to note here was that this article also stated that younger people were more likely to engage in this um, second second screening, and online self-expression was to also be more likely, and this is likely due to feeling empowered over the information that the individual was receiving and being able to additionally have access to using their smartphone or their laptop while they were watching TV. Um, and of course, uh, offline p political participation did increase. Uh, this was either through donations, um, attending a rally, or just becoming involved in political discussions with their friends or families. This whole idea of second screening is powerful because when you think about it, um, individuals are more likely to do research and inform this, themselves better over news stories or political events and therefore become more informed opinion leaders. They are the ones that more, more likely are to go out there and start these discussions that need to be had because they feel empowered by researching and having more information. Another interesting implication that second screening has is actually meme creation. I actually went ahead and listened to a social media and politics podcast, uh, number 88, titled Making Memes to Support Donald Trump. And the special guest there was named Carp Donctum, and he's responsible for creating a ton of memes, usually having something to do with Trump. And President Trump's actually a key figure in all of this because he's actually a primary user of second screening himself. He has constantly gone on record saying he's watching Fox News or something and they're reporting something he doesn't like and he goes on Twitter and tweets about it. This is how powerful second screening can be. And during this episode, we actually discussed the other strong impacts it has in political discussions or even in political campaigns for that matter. So this man named Carp, he actually creates the memes and the three most famous ones was the one of the State of the Union address where the song Everybody Hurts was played as it was showing the faces of every Democrat as Trump was walking into his State of the Union. Now one can overanalyze and speculate what this meme had to do, but overall you could just say it was funny 
seeing the Democrats' reaction of Trump walking into giving his State of the Union address because Democrats don't like Trump. Um, another interesting one that we saw was, and this one actually got a lot of hate on media outlets, was of Joe Biden. And Joe Biden actually comes around himself and starts rubbing his shoulders and sneaking up behind him. Now, a lot of news outlets, particularly CNN and ABC, didn't really like this because it kind of made Joe Biden not look good. Both the Joe Biden meme and the State of the Union meme were highly targeted by Democrats to be taken down. Partly due because they didn't like what it was portraying, but they also started using weird tactics such as music copyright infringement and violation of terms of policy from Twitter in order to prevent this from going viral. And the final meme discussed in this podcast was Trump slapping Jim Acosta in the face in a grotesque manner. And this was one of the more poor received memes created by uh, our good friend. What is interesting, actually, when you think about these three memes is that Trump actually went ahead and retweeted these. So his fan base actually were able to unite underneath these retweets and form discussion, supporting Trump, laughing, and people on the opposite side did not like this. They, like I previously stated, wanted to do everything in their power to remove these memes and kind of prevent them from gaining any more traction. And what was an interesting effect, actually, that got mentioned was the Streisand effect. And that is when you want to hide or remove a piece of information, but it has the unintended consequence of publicizing the information more widely and virally. And that's exactly what just happened. Um, And I, I guess it would also be safe to say that it amplified the split and divide between the left and the right even more. And how this relates to second screening is how these memes became highly popular and accessible through watching him on the news and then being able to look him up on your phone and then being able to share it and tweet it and making it go viral. And these pro-Trump users were also given a good platform to share and kind of stroke each other's ego a little bit and explain why they support Trump and how uh, the opposite side is overreacting over this these memes. And so going back to the podcast, our friend Carp was actually explaining how a whole subreddit was developed on this, which kind of helped, you know, increase the trending of this meme. But he was explaining how the Donald subreddit got really popular as a result, and it was just a subreddit in which Pro-Trump users were stroking each other's egos, sharing their love for uh, President Trump and why he's such a good president. Anything pro-Trump related was available right there. Anything anti-Trump was actually not allowed. And if you were sharing these ideas opposing Donald Trump, you would actually actually be banned from that subreddit. So you kind of get a good uh, feel for how these political subgroups formed and what they were looking to achieve in terms of political discussion. And as of making this podcast, actually, that subreddit has been 
bad it's been quarantined actually so if you're on mobile you don't have access to that subreddit anymore and you can only access it through your computer after jumping through a series of really ridiculous hoops actually um this just kind of shows light into the kind of political censorship and political discourse that is becoming more frequent because of second screening but that's a discussion to be had in another podcast in the future so once again i just want to thank you for tuning in and listening to me and i hope you enjoyed talk to you on the next one peace Thank you.